again, everybody. Another edition of Two Sports Town. Our, our very good friend, our friend of the show. He's more than a friend of the show. He's, he's, a, he's a regular contributor, Robert Wallace Esquire. Is that what they call lawyers, Bob? Esquire? That's what they call them these days. Bob Wallace is here. We think Ben Fred will be wandering in at, uh, at some point. But, uh, Bob, here we are. Uh, final cutdowns are Saturday. Uh, the, the rosters will be shaping, uh, 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 will, will take shape, excuse me, the, 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 uh, the, the season is upon us, and there's another season coming up too, right? Another fall sport. Is that, is that hockey? Yes, it's ice hockey. What, ice what hockey. is ice hockey? You know anything about ice hockey? Do I know anything about ice hockey? Uh, yes, the, there's a uh, kind of a, a black hard rubber, I guess it is, puck, a couple of nets, <laughs> six men per team. You can't have, apparently, you can't have too many men on the ice. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. That's and they, they hit the puck with sticks, and, and they, they try to get it in the net. Well, you'll know you're a hockey rider when you can actually tell what offsides is. That, that is still even it's now not like football. Tough. You can tell when football is offside. Well, the guy yeah. jumps, right. I've right. got plenty of practice right. with Alex <laughs> Barron, right? You remember Alex. Of course you remember uh, Alex. Alex. You were working with the Rams. Of course, Bob Wallace, longtime NFL executive, Years with the uh, Rams, uh, also stints with the Eagles, Arizona Cardinals. Now he's with Thompson Coburn in the sports law uh, division, and then business is good over there, isn't it? Yeah, the business is fine. Alex Barron was more of a uh, false start, right? He was false start. Right, DeMarco, right. DeMarco the was more was jump, uh, jump offside. DeMarco we can make Farr? fun of DeMarco since he moved out of St. Louis. Yeah, he deserted longer. us. He, he deserted us, us, became a you know a Rams guy, and but I guess we'll an L.A. Rams guy, an we'll L.A. Say. Rams guy. So we missed DeMarco. He was a good person. Yeah. So uh, this edition of Two Sport Town, we're not sure if it's our last or not. We're trying to talk uh, Ben Fred into continuing on. I'm sure you would like to. Uh, like to continue on, and we, we, we could have some uh, still have some fun, and who knows, I could still drop in from time to time. But in, in case you haven't heard, I am the news, new blues hockey writer, Bob Wallace. I've always, one of the things I, I like the most about Bob, and he has many great qualities, is that Bob can dish it out, but he can also take it. But when he called me after this happened, his first words were, are you crazy, Jim? What do, what do, what do you know about uh, hockey? But uh, but here we go. I'm, I'm anxious to get, get started on the blues. Right. You know what? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not a hockey fan. I'm a, I'm a black guy from New York City. We don't really, you know, hockey's not in our DNA necessarily. Uh, but I can name a few hockey players. All right, name me three. Oh, <laughs> oh I, all right, name me two. Uh, what's the guy? The uh, Pelangelo. What's his name? Pet Petrangelo. Alex. Petrangelo. Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Uh, Brett Hull. Oh, he's not there anymore. Right? Well, that's all right. That counts. All right, give me a third. Oh, but I can I can name the old ones actually. I can all name right, the old right, ones: Bernie right. Federko and yeah. Brian Sutter. And so you mean you you never went over to the uh, to, in your time here? You never went over to the arena to see Hall or anything to the uh, oh Scott yeah. Trade I used to, you know, when I first moved here, I moved to St. Louis in 1981, and I worked for the law firm, and we had seats uh, right on the ice, uh-huh. uh, next to the visitors' bench, and I was single then. So you I would just, hurl insults at them? Or? Oh yeah, I'd go to. We had seats, and uh, and I. would Go sit right there and uh, be yelling at the the visiting teams, you know. And uh, we had this guy who was a huge hockey fan who sat behind us, a guy named Jerry Norbert. And he, the only thing remember he remember his speak, name, right? Huh, I remember his name. He was really loud, and he'd say when all the time, "Too many men on the ice." So that was what I knew about hockey. So you would keep an eye on that. Too many men on the too ice. Too many on the, always during the switches. They, you know, he'd say, "Too many men on the ice," and that's what I knew. 
But I've got some friends that work over at the Blues that used to work for the Rams, and so I kind of. I just found out last night Doc Wright's uh, over there. Doctor Wright's over there. Eric Stissel, who worked for uh, me at the Rams, is is uh, their vice president over there. So uh, I, I root for the for the Blues to do well. Doc Wright was one of the Rams uh, doctors. Did a, did a great job. Yeah, there. Doc Wright's a good friend of mine. His son Robert is an assistant coach on Lovey's uh, staff up in uh, Illinois. Really? Yeah, he was at Miami. He, you know, Robert, and coaching or coaching. Like a yeah, Robert okay. went down to Miami. Uh, as a kicker when he graduated, he played football at John Burroughs with, with my son Grant and Ezekiel Elliott. And then he went down to Miami and uh, as a kicker and as a safety. And uh, the coach there was uh, – who was the coach uh, who, who's now in, in the NFL? What was his uh, – the guy who was at Temple, came from Temple there. Uh, Golden, Al Golden. Right, Al go. Golden. Uh, called him in and I said, wasn't going to guess Al Golden. Right, so and, Al Golden called him in and there. said, "You know, you're not going to play here as a as a safety, but you know a lot about football." And he asked him to be a uh, you know sort of a, a student assistant. And Robert has worked his way up uh, to being a student assistant. He was the and then when Golden got fired, uh, Golden coached the special teams. Uh, too, and Robert became basically the special teams coach, and he wow. was a special teams coach during that. Those guys are nuts. Special yeah, teams coaches during that nuts. famous uh, seven pass uh, mm-hmm. play that they beat Duke on, and uh, and oh yeah, Robert yeah, co- yeah, Robert yeah. coached that. So then yeah. he was at uh, Miami, and then when Lovey went up to Illinois, uh, he he hired a, a coach from Miami who brought Robert with him. So Robert's on the staff there. He's got you're, a bright you're, future. You're, in speaking of sons who, who are in the profession, your son Grant is a young scout for the Miami Dolphins. He's, he's a young scout for the former Miami start Dolphins. at Yale. Yep, he's a, he's a, doing scouting. He really likes it. You know, uh, it's funny. You know, some of his friends are on Wall Street. You know, from Yale, and you know they're making a lot more money than him. But he says he doesn't mind going to work. So if you know if if you don't mind going to work and you can do that, then that's a great way to be. Well, well, let's get to it. Several, several uh, issues, and uh, always something going on in the NFL. Let's start with the former team here, the former St. Louis Rams. We're less than a week away, or excuse me, a little more than a week away from the Thursday night opener and the start of the regular season. Aaron Donald is not to be found in Southern California. Now, I'm sure you had holdouts. Over the years, your many years in the NFL as an NFL executive, and uh, you did some negotiating. What yeah. the heck is going on? Now, I'm at the Combine in February. I'm standing three feet from Les Snead, and Les Snead is, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Aaron Donald deserves a pay raise. He deserves a big pay raise. We're going to get it done. Well, hello, it's almost September. W- what's going on, Bob? Yeah, you know, it's, you know, holdouts in the NFL, uh, you know, they're, they're always very tricky. And they're tricky because, you know, the contracts are basically, you know, favored Towards the team, you know, a, a team can cut a player almost any time, uh, mm-hmm. but a player can't re- renegotiate. So players often get very frustrated with the fact that they have this contract that they can't re- renegotiate it, and their only leverage is to hold out. Uh, now, I, I believe Donald has two years left on his contract, which yeah, makes it— Yeah, because you know, he has this year, and then they, they exercise the fifth-year option, which is a relatively new thing in the NFL, but you can do that for draft picks, first-round draft picks. For sure. So, he, you know, he is making his very, you know, relatively small salary, and there are people in this league— Even uh, as a first-rounder, I think he was 13th overall. He's scheduled to make—it's like $1.8 million. $1.8. I mean, and there are, there are people that would say he's the best defensive player he in the is. NFL. I think there he are, is. You know, I don't think you get much argument that he's at least in the top three. Uh, sure. And that's a pretty low salary for, you know, a guy who's in the top three. So 
the Rams desperately need Aaron Donald. Uh, he's their best player, and he may be their best player by far. And uh, they need him in camp. So, you know, I, when, when it was funny, uh, when the Jets had uh, Daryl Rivas holding out once, and it's, it's sort of a similar situation. He was the best player in the league and uh, or the best player at his position, and he was underpaid. And I said to the Jets people, you ought to do a mediation. Because, you know, the big thing is, and, and the Rams aren't taking this position, so I, I compliment them, them on this, is, you know, well, he's under contract. We're not going to talk to him till he holds out, till he comes into camp. Sure. And a lot of teams, a lot take, of teams that take that stance. But when you're in a situation like that, you really want him to be in camp, and you realize that he is underpaid. So it's hard to take that position. So maybe they're, you know – Everybody's always afraid of, afraid of blinking first, who's going to give in first. And, you know, in this situation, they really just need to see how they can uh, come to an agreement that makes everybody happy. But, you know, they, they're they not going to be that great of a team with or without Aaron Donald, but they will be a better team with him. And uh, he deserves to be the, he deserves to be the highest-paid defensive player. And you know what? Five the, the contract, the numbers may seem outrageous, but you know the cap's going up. Five years from now, it won't seem, seem so outrageous. Well, if I was putting on my, my – Team hat and negotiating. I would maybe argue that he shouldn't be the highest played player in the in, in, in def, defensive, in defensive player. player in the NFL because he's a defensive tackle. And those are you know those aren't you know he's not a sacker. I mean he's a great player. He's um, had twenty eight sacks in three years. See I'm I'm, I'm the agent. I'm right right right. right. Agent, what is that seven or eight? That's, that's nine point three per I, year. That's pretty. That's very 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 good for a defensive tackle. But you know the high paid players in in the NFL are pass rushers. It's the edge guys. Uh, it's the true. edge guys who, who purchase. So, I mean, I would make the argument that I'm willing to make you the highest paid defensive tackle, t- tackle which really puts you way up there, or at least tie you with Sue, who's also a really high paid player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, some of these arguments that some of the players come up with, I'm not sure they make a lot of sense, which is, you know, I guess uh, Le'Veon Bell in, in Pittsburgh saying, I want to be paid as a the best running back and as a second best receiver. So I want you to pay me two salaries. I mean, that's kind of a ridiculous <laughs> argument, isn't it? Uh, pretty ridiculous, right. yeah. So, you know, yeah. but, you know, players, you know, they want to be paid. It's just, they have a short lifespan. Uh, and the only really way to exercise their leverage is by withholding services. Well, he's got, he's got uh, this year and next year, two years left. And, of course, the Rams could always uh, franchise him. But Adam Schefter raised an interesting thing a couple of weeks ago. Maybe he just wants out of L.A. If you show up before and you know all about this, actually, you, you explained it to me. I called you when I just to refresh my memory on it. If he shows up before the after the eighth game, your contract can get told, which means you you're basically running in place. You revert right. back to your last year's contract. But if he well, you don't show- necessarily revert back to the contract. But what you do is you don't gain the, right. the year of service. Of so, service. So instead of being a yeah, but of, wouldn't he, don't you get paid that that? No, like I think something? you get because you're getting paid at off of the year right, that you right, have. Right. Uh, so you, it's not like you you know you're not getting paid for the last eight games. You're getting paid for that, and then you but may you get, still get the uh, but the, you don't uh, get a credited, credited season. Yeah. Right, right. So anyway, not not to get too technical on our listeners, but if he showed up before the eighth game, he wouldn't have to play for. Seven games, and he'd play basically half a season, and it would count. It, he'd be that closer to getting out the door. I wonder if that's the case. If you're Aaron Donald, I I know him enough to know he's very competitive. He's very devoted to the game. The losing there has got to has got to just be killing him. Yeah, I I would think that's part of. It. But you you also mentioned that if his salary is one point eight, you know what's the you know he he figures it's not like he's losing. It's not like. Uh, 
Livian Bell or, or one of those guys. It's not like he's losing tons 12, of money. Twelve point six million dollars is what right. he was getting paid. So he could lose that. So he could lose. He could you know not afford because you never make up the one point eight that you that that you forfeit. Uh-huh. But it's easier to make up one point eight than it is to make up twelve point six over the course over, of a new contract. Right. Well, that that's a great point and a, and a point from a from from someone who, who's done just hundreds of contracts over the years. The other thing for Donald too is uh, he probably and and. There's more and more evidence. Get the money while you can, especially with the CTE and concussion. But he's an undersized guy. We know he takes tremendous care of his body, trains very hard in the offseason. But he's undersized. He's getting pounded. If you if you stray away from the ball, and you can do it to an extent even on TV and just watch Aaron Donald, he's double teamed. If not every play, 90% of the plays. So 320-pound guard, 300-pound center, constantly pounding him, he's probably thinking, God, my my life maybe my lifespan's going to be a little shorter. I could I could be, I could be a uh, 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 hurt uh, you know or maybe wear down over the course of my career. So why not get it while you can? Right, absolutely. I mean you you look around the league and there are not many thirty nine year old thirty five year old Those def- tackles. defensive players. Our defensive much less tackles, defense. Yeah. I mean I, the yeah. only defensive player I can think of that's past thirty five is. Uh, James Harrison in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but yeah. you know, an inside guy. And that was who was who was the old Redskins running back, Daryl Green. He, Darryl, he lasts for a while. Back. That's that's pretty rare, though. right? But it's pretty rare. And plus the fact that you're talking Terrence about Newman's a, up there. a guy, yeah. right? A guy inside that's getting double teamed, getting every play is going to have a collision. And is undersized. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. not a recipe for a long career. So you got to think that he's thinking, I got to get it right now. And plus, you know, with with all the concussion worries that that, that guys are having. Uh, you know, you want to get your money, and you know, guys are leaving the game earlier than they used to. Now, I'm I'm sitting at the Post Dispatch offices Saturday night. I'm working an editing shift, and Gary Klein, who covers, he's that one of the beat writers. He covers the Rams for the uh, Los Angeles Times. He tweets out a picture right at the national anthem. You can see the players standing, at least most of them, Robert, uh, for the uh, for the national anthem, and it looked like there were, and I know they're later writing crowds everywhere, even in St. Louis uh, for, for the games, they looked like there were 15,000, 20,000 people in the stands. Bob, they waited 21 years to get a team back. Oh, the Rams are back. Welcome home. That first preseason game with the Cowboys last year, they distributed 80,000 tickets. I'm a pretty good judge of attendance in football stadiums over the years. There were a solid 70,000. There was excitement. And this was like, yawn, it's the Cowboys again. It's their uh, uh, their first, uh, maybe it was their second home game. I'm, I'm trying to remember. But coming off a great showing by uh, Jared Goff against Oakland, what do you make of that? There was like nobody there. Maybe even at its well, height, maybe there were 40, 45 Well, the great showing people. on Gareth Joff wasn't the, the week they played the Cowboys. So they were playing, no, the, char- they were playing the Chargers. No, Raiders. Right. And, and, and oh, the first, Chargers. You're right. right. The my, first my week bad. when they played, you know, the Cowboys, which probably accounted for maybe 35 or not, 40% of the people Crowd. that were at the right. game right. weren't playing, you know, Elliott, uh, Prescott, right. um, Brian. So, you know, so, so the, the attraction, and you got to remember, Jim, that, that they had come back last year. It was their first uh, game in 21 years. So right. there was excitement. But preseason is dreadfully well, I know. bad. So, I mean, I'm not going to judge them uh, on their attendance by that, by that measure, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they have as the first game. I'm, I'm much more concerned with, with the Chargers' lack of uh, attendance than with the Rams. I mean, they're playing in a 27,000-seat stadium. Charging double the prices, right. basically, to right. make up the money. So they're playing in a stadium 
little less than half the size of a normal and charging twice as much. And they only had 21,000. And the Chargers are, you know, if anything, you can say they're a much more exciting team. Oh, Phillip Rivers is fun to watch. Now, he'll do some spectacular things and lead some great comebacks, and he'll... He'll, he'll throw some picks. He'll throw some candy up there, as some of the defensive players used to say. But they play this first game. It's their first game in L.A. as the L.A. Chargers in the StubHub Center. Within, like, uh, two days of that, the L.A. Galaxy, the Major League Soccer team there, which is having a terrible season, and we know what front runners uh, the fans in L.A. are, the L.A. Galaxy outdraws the L.A. Chargers. The league is... The league has got to be a little concerned about this. Both the Rams attendance and the Chargers, don't they? I mean, it's yeah, just kind of embarrassing. And here the Rams say, "Oh, we're 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 topping our attendance at seventy thousand because it's it's uh, it makes it better to uh, to to sell concessions and everything." I don't think the USC Trojans worry about that when they have a, a big game. I mean, come on, Bob. Who, who are we kidding here? Right. You know. Right. I mean, I think. We're having trouble selling more than 70,000, so they cut back. And that probably makes sense for them because it's hard to sell 90,000 seats. But you remember when, when the Rams were talking about moving and the NFL was talking about going back into the Los Angeles market, the thing that they kept insisting is that they really wanted to have a, a good, successful entry. Uh, into that market, that they understood mm-hmm. that this was a this market uh, p- created some challenges for a new team coming in there. Uh, I'm not sure that they've accomplished that goal as you look at both the Chargers and the Rams uh, entry into that market. How about how about Eric Dickerson? He he signs a contract uh, retiring as a uh, as a Ram. He retired like 80 years ago or something. I mean, usually the players do that right when they retire. It wasn't like he played for the uh, for the L.A. Rams forever. He was there five. Five seasons, and as you know, because you you were you were in the league then, he he left under less than stellar. The whole and plus he's, you know, he critiquing Jeff Fisher last year. Now he he's critiquing their quarter. He's a big Sean Mannion guy. What what the heck's going on there? As 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 you probably heard me say a number of times, Jim, back in the day was uh, sometimes you'll do anything for applause. <laughs> Eric or the Rams or the Rams, both? the Rams. I mean, you'll okay. you know you'll, you'll you'll do anything to sort of get positive, and they, I guess they figured that bringing Eric the goofiest back thing, one of bringing, the goofiest things bringing Eric heard. back in the fold was 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 a good thing. I wonder if he's going to continue to. He's like a cre- vice president of something. Vice president right? of development. I I'm and sure. What is he developing? I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, Jared Goff. <laughs> well, par- apparently yes, he is a quarterback or maybe because he right. like he likes Sean. He well, likes. Maybe he's going to bring. Uh, Todd back into, you know, Gurley back into his fold and get him the... Well, that would be nice. Right. That would be nice to, to see him return to farm. Okay, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, hearing going on. Uh, you Again, you have some experience in this. Uh, what... what what do you what do you think is are they going to cut down the uh, cut down the suspension? He's got is this going to head to court? What do you think? Well, let me let me tell you that first. Let me say that Ezekiel uh, I know as a person, he's a young, young right. man. Right, John Burroughs. You Burrows, probably know the family. Know probably the know him pretty well. Right. Played, him, played all that football together. Played Burrows. football and and basketball with my son at Burroughs. So I know Ezekiel. He's a he's a nice young man. Uh, who's dealing with something that you know? It's hard to say somebody's a nice young man when they're accused of domestic violence. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not going to necessarily. I mean, he's he, he he needs to. Whatever happened, he needs to get it better together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the league takes a very dim view of domestic violence, uh, as they should, uh, and they have messed up 
discipline on domestic well, violence. Well, Josh Brown gets D- one Josh game. Josh Brown, Ray they took Rice. that video for, 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 for them to get tough with uh, Ray Rice. From afar, it looks like they didn't know what to do with the Ezekiel Elliott case because, you know, there, there was some conflicting evidence, and uh, it just took them forever to right. reach a decision on this. Right, right. I mean, right. I mean, unlike the other two where they didn't necessarily have a – you know, a, a set penalty. Uh, they do have a set penalty for now. It's six, for now. It's, it's, it's six it's, games. It's first, it's first six defense, games, right? right? Six games, and there can be mitigating sta- uh, circumstances that increase the, the, the uh, penalty or decrease the penalty. So it could be eight games. It could be four games. Uh, and you know, you can you can make the argument that uh, maybe the the benefit of the doubt should go to the woman. You should go to the woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. that's not fair. Uh, but, you know, you can make the argument, don't put yourself in that situations where uh, somebody could accuse you of doing that. I mean, you, you have a, you have a, as a professional athlete, as, as, a, as a man, uh, as someone in the public eye, you, you have a responsibility to conduct yourself and to not put yourself in situations where you can get, so somebody can charge you with something. And to be clear, the NFL, uh, you don't have to be found guilty of a crime or anything that the, 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 uh, the league stance on this, and it's been pretty clear throughout the years, is you're held to a higher standard. Right. The league stance is very clear on this. You can argue what, whether that's the, one thing on this whole that they are consistent right. with, and you can say, well, is right. It right you can or argue, wrong? right. You could argue that 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 is wrong. That you know, why should the NFL take a position that they have a better system than the judicial system, which is which is a tried and true method of judging innocence and guilt. Uh, for the most part, we hope that our our legal system does more right than 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 not right. And you know, as they say all the time, you rather have a an, a, one innocent uh, or one guilty person go free than than one innocent person be held in in, in captivity. So uh, you you got to hope that our legal system is better than that. And so the argument can be made: Why does the NFL want to superimpose their disciplinary system, their investigative system, their judicial system over? Over what we have established as a nation. What, so, what, how do you think this will uh, this will play out? Do you think it's headed to court? Do you think they'll stay with the six games? Do you think they'll cut it back a couple games? You know, I don't know. I, I can't really predict whether what will happen. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, Harold Henderson, who's the the arbitrator in in, in this case, uh, or the, will uh, retry the case. He's not. You know, he's really making sure that. Uh, the decision was a fair decision, not that it was the right decision, but that they applied a process in a certain uh, in a certain manner that was consistent with what their rules are. Uh, that that Elliot and his side of the story, as well as the woman's side of the story, were weighed, and that the people who did the weighing did it in a in a fair. Uh, and to some extent, impartial way. That's what he's he's really judging. That he's not judging whether he did it or not did it. Yeah. That's yeah. not that's well, not the role that he's. But it'll happen pretty quick, right? Uh, at least it, what uh, once the uh, yeah once, once the hearing's over within ten days. Yeah, once right? the hearing's over, and uh, you know, with this hearing, I'm sure that there's a court reporter there mm-hmm. uh, taking notes, and uh, they'll probably expedite the the transcript of that. Harold will review that, uh, look at that to make sure that you know he didn't miss anything that was said. You know, why he was listening to it, uh, he'll read the transcript again. Uh, and then he'll issue an opinion on it based upon, you know, after. after but it'll this. happen pretty quickly. Right? I would say that, you know, for the most part, uh, they will try to get this done before the 
the season begins, although the season oh, wow. is beginning in a week. So yeah, you know, well, maybe, about maybe ten, not, 10 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. the Cowboys open right. on. So I'm not sure. Cowboys that, open right. on a Sunday. You know, I this is right now. They're in their second day of hearing. Yeah. Uh, so the transcript, you know, it may take them. You know, even if they expedite the transcript, it'll take three, five days to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're taking three to five days. It may take a couple of days to read it, think about it, uh, write your opinion. So I, I would imagine that it won't happen. Uh, unless he makes a summary judgment, you know, with, without considering, you know, thinks he doesn't need the transcript uh, right away, uh, it'll probably go somewhere in a couple weeks into the season, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Real St. Louis flavor to this, not only uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott growing up in Alton and attending John Burroughs School, but, uh, you know, his agent is Rocky Arsenault, of, still maintains a residence in St. Louis. Of course, Rocky maintains residence in about seven cities, you know, <laughs> San Diego, New Orleans, and also... Uh, uh, Scott Rosenblum is uh, is one of his attorneys. Well, what do you think? Does Scott uh, is he making points at this hearing? Or? I, you know, I, I don't imagine. You know, he. I don't know really what their situation is because they've got. Uh, NFLPA counsel that apparently there yeah. Heather McVeigh and Scott's kind of the uh, he's, he's he's a criminal he's, lawyer. Scott is a criminal lawyer. He's, he's the he's the. Big defense attorney right. in St. Louis, right? Lawyer. And then uh, they've got Jeff Kessler, uh-huh. who is a longtime NFLPA lawyer, is very well-versed in the collective bargaining agreement, is a very, very smart guy. Uh, so, you know, they got a lot of lawyers in there, and, you know, the league will be represented by someone from the management council. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. You know, you know, I would have liked to be a fly on the wall. I would have liked to be the hearing uh, thing. I'm not sure I could have been, considering my relationship with the Elliott family, though. Yeah, yeah, a close, close, pretty close relationship with the family. You know, there's another, before we go, there's another point I want to touch, a broad topic, but everybody's always fascinated by the quarterback situation, and we've had teams making their declarations. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser is is going, going to be the starter in Cleveland. I was, and again, it's it's not like I sat down with a guy for an hour, but just uh, his podium press conference, which was maybe 15 minutes of the con- very impressed with the sincerity. It looked like there was some real fiber to that young man and some leadership abilities. And uh, so uh, Hugh Hugh Jackson and C- Cleveland to me is going to be very interesting because peculiarly we were just talking about this before we we started recording the podcast. Uh, Joe Hayden released, but they I think they're going to be pretty good on defense. You got Deshaun Kaiser there. Looks like Tom Savage is going to start in Houston and get a Desha- uh, ahead of Deshaun Watson, but I think it's only a matter of time for Watson. You like Watson. I love out, Watson. Right? Yeah, I love yeah. Watson. Yeah. And so you have that. Trevor Simeon's been declared in Denver. Uh, I'm like, eh. I, 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 I love Paxton Lynch's arm strength. I thought he might have been able to mount a bigger challenge uh, for that. Uh, Blake Bart, what a mess that is in Jacksonville. If ever a team should should hire Colin Kaepernick, of course, I don't know how that would play in Jacksonville, uh, which is really people that are familiar with the geography of the area said it's more southern Georgia than Florida as far as a as far, I've, far heard as a that, I've heard that. But I think it's, a, it's got some uh, military base there as well. Yes, And yes. You, we were talking, again, off the air about how, uh, you know, law enforcement and military have been very supportive of Kaepernick's mm-hmm. uh, stance. They said this is what we fight, fight for. for. That's one this of the is, main reasons right, we're out there. This is why we're first responders, and this is why we're in the military, is that we're protecting our freedom. So they are a lot more uh, accepting of, of uh, or were more accepting, although Kaepernick says he's not, not kneeling anymore, than, than a lot of people. Yeah, and it looks like in Chicago, it looks like Mike Lennon's going to hold off Trubisky, although there is definitely Trubisky f- uh, fever out there. You've seen many preseasons. I mean, 
Trubisky's facing second and third team defenses, so you've got to temper it a little bit. And also, uh, you know how vanilla the defenses are that you see in the preseason. And, you know, Glenn and I watched a little bit of the Bears game uh, on Sunday. They were on TV here. Right, right. They played at Tennessee. Right. right. And and Glennon actually looked, looked pretty good. Uh, so, you know, eventually you don't draft a, a quarterback in the first – first round or the first you know top 10 picks or even Kaiser and say you're not going to see if if you got a player you got to you got to find out whether uh because whether he can play in this league cuz say you're you know you you're the bears and you go 4 and 12 or something and you've played uh Glennon the whole time then what have you gained what have you yeah do you know next year that uh you don't want to draft Sam Donnell or one of the one of the new phenoms coming out uh why you have somebody that you just drafted? You you got to find out whether that guy's there. Otherwise, you're you're just you, you know you're paddling in quicksand. Yeah, and it's it, it's tough. John Fox is in a tough spot because he's he's you know he's won only uh, what is he ten and twenty two I think uh, it might 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 be nine and twenty three. But anyway, he hasn't won many games his first two years. He's very much on the bubble, so he needs to win games. Right, he needs to. Win. But you know, John John's uh, history is his third year. He always does really well. So I'm not sure he can do really well with the team that he's got now. Yeah. But you better history, be banking on that. Bobby. His history is he's does pretty well. So all these teams are declaring their quarterbacks. Yet Todd Bowles, who I thought he would be a really Really good NFL head coach. He did such a great job as coordinator in Arizona. Your teams would tell me they could never, a very aggressive blitzing, but they could never figure him out, just what he was doing from game to game. And uh, he was trying to decide between Josh McCown, Bryce Petty, and Christian Hackenberg. What, what do you think about that, Bob? Well, you know, and, and he did a spectacular job his first year there. Right. Uh, you know, and well, they, were, they were 10 and 6, and, and, you know, they were a good team. Uh Maybe it's my Yale bias that, you know, I'm not sure you can go into the season thinking that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to take you to the promised land. Right. Uh, but he's, uh, he, in my opinion, of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, a Harvard guy, right, Yale right, Harvard. Is, is a guy that uh, is a good backup because he's smart enough uh, right. to come in without a lot of reps and get you through a game or get you through two games, uh, four games. But if you've got to go 16 games with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're not going to be, a, in my opinion, be a great team. Uh, so I'm not sure that the Jets uh, – Gave him a lot of help, uh, Todd Bowles, uh, and it put him in a position where he could really be successful. Yeah. Uh, they should have addressed. I mean, I guess Barbara. they did uh, with Hackenberg, uh, but you know, you saw Hackenberg and right. he just he's not accurate enough. Right, right. I mean, NFL. I guess they just you know didn't evaluate that very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, sometimes teams fall in love with their own evaluation or don't want to admit a mistake. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the one thing the Patriots will do. Belichick will make a mistake, uh, and then he'll. He'll cut himself loose from it. See Coney Ely, right? The the former Mizzou star grew up in St. Louis, played his football in New Madrid County, and it was interesting. He ends up with the Jets with another St. Louis and Sheldon Richardson, right. who's his cousin apparently. But uh, seven teams claimed him. I mean, that's that's that's, that's right. pretty amazing. Well, I mean, this know, guy was uh, had had Carolina won that game, he would have been the MVP of that Super Bowl, right. and his career has just gone downhill. Now I've heard he's stubborn that he's he's not the most coachable guy, but when you have pass rush skills, it's teams funny. will take a chance on you. When, when the Patriots just made a trade today, they traded for somebody, some linebacker somewhere, and I said to my wife, I said, well, everybody's going to think, what did we miss in this guy? Because, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I, every time the Patriots do something, I say, if Belichick, if I was a young coach or something, how does, what is Belichick doing? That's the way I want to do it because uh, 
the success that the Patriots have is, has just been unbelievable. And finding off the beaten path talent, also finding, uh, you know, kind of problem players that come there and and uh, and, 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 and he, he either says you you learn to do it the way we're doing it. Well, now you're I mean, out, right? Well, you're out. Now it helps that he has a, a once-in-a-lifetime kind of quarterback who – you know, was willing to it pay. Hurt, does right? It? No, no, it doesn't hurt. Who's willing to pay? Play for a little bit less. A little bit less. I mean, you know, you know, Matthew Stafford's getting twenty-five million dollars. Uh, what is that? That's you know, uh, 30 percent of the salary cap or something like that. Well, it's, it's, uh, well, right. yeah, not quite. But what's the salary? Salary cap's like one fifty, one sixty. But with a fifty-three man roster, that that's that's right. a huge chunk. That's a huge chunk of it. And Brady's paying for like what twelve, fourteen. So I mean, yeah. and. and you know, I think if you had your choice, you might take Stafford only because he's 29 and Brady's 40. 40. Right. But production-wise, you know, Tom Brady is is pretty much the man. What were they thinking in Indianapolis? We've got some banged-up quarterbacks. Flacco with his back. Uh, uh, Cam Newton, who I guess Ron Rivera said is going to be ready. But, he, you know, when you have shoulder surgery, especially labrum and in some ways an entirely different thing, but my middle son, John the wrestler, uh, uh, he he had labrum surgery. It takes a while to come back. And imagine if it's in your throwing arm and you're a quarterback and you've got to throw these twenty yard out <laughs> patterns. And right. Andrew Luck is not is not ready. Cam Newton doesn't look right. Maybe they're going to have to run the ball earlier. What was Indy thinking? Why wouldn't they get with Scott Tolzien as their backup? Why wouldn't they get more of a veteran guy? There's no way Andrew Luck's going to be ready for the opener. Right. I mean, you you, you kind of look and, uh, you know, Kaepernick's out there. And, you know, he's had some success. And, you know, even last year, and then the 49ers were not very good. Uh, they did pretty – I mean, he had a pretty good year. What he had oh, by like, the numbers, I think 16 uh, uh, inter, uh, touchdowns to four interceptions. Right. You, you'll take a 4-1 to one TD right. to INT ratio and any can, day. And he can run. Uh, I mean, I watched him play against the Dolphins, and, you know, he was he almost beat them single-handedly. Last year? Last year, he almost beat them single-handedly. Uh, you know, RG3 is out there. You know, so we, I used to always argue with uh, – you know, when, when I was with the Rams, when coaches are saying, uh, we don't want distractions, we don't want distractions. If you're a good team, you're going to have distractions. Cause that's it happens. Of, right, that's part of it. I mean, if you're going It's to a the, big family. There's anyone that's right. in anyone that's had families, and we all have, there's always something going on. Right. And if you have... And, and if this you have is a su- huge family. And if you have success uh, and are in the playoffs or going to the Super Bowl, that you better learn how to deal with the distractions because the, the responsibilities that you have as, as an organization uh, to the media, to the league, are, are tremendous. And if you've kind of been living in this bubble, when that hits you, you don't know what's going on. So, you know, the one thing about the Cowboys is they are the ultimate distraction. And, you know... It's a circus. It's, it's a sideshow. Right, every right. just just being and Jerry Jones likes it. That right, way. he likes, he likes people talking about right, the Cowboys. Right. So I'm not sure that you know this, this. We don't want distractions. Although I'm not sure that Kaepernick has been uh, blackballed. But you know, I, I you know I don't think there's been a meeting where somebody everybody said don't yeah. sign him. Don't sign. There was a but conference think, call. Or right, right. I don't there. think it was. But I think that the, you know you're dealing with a a group of rich people that probably are more conservative than not and that are taking, you know, well, we don't want that distraction. And, and, and you know, football coaches and, and football. Pretty leagues, conservative Pretty group. conservative. Not, you know, you know. So. One last thing before we let you go, and apparently Ben Fred's stuck in traffic, but uh, it's it's been fun as always, Bob. Uh, final cut days coming up. We have, and I've kept a list. It's something I've been able to really do and keep an eye on in, in my life after the Rams left, uh, the area players, and write some stories about them. If you count the St. Louis area products, and if you count the Mizzou guys, some are from St. Louis, many are not, Illinois guys, 
and really any Missouri colleges like Lindenwood, any of the Southern Illinois colleges like SIU Carbondale and, and uh, Greenville. There's a kid from Greenville named Morrow, uh, Nicholas Morrow, I believe, who's, who's in camp. And I actually, uh, in that Rams-Raiders uh, game, he made some plays. Now he's playing in the third and fourth quarter. But it's over 80 players in that universe that I just described and, what, maybe half or at least a third, 40% of them are going to be cut. You were involved in, in, in cut-down day as a longtime NFL executive. It's not, no matter how long you've done it, it's not a pleasant time of year, is it? No, no. I, I mean, you're basically telling, you know, some young man that, you know, his, his dream is going to be cut short right now. Uh, now, maybe he'll get a second chance or a third chance. But if you're, you know, if you're a young guy and who's trying to make it in this league and you're at the bottom end of the roster and you know Jim they're always churning the bottom end so you know mm-hmm. in the NFL contracts you know as a young player they're week to week uh, and almost mm-hmm. to some extent day to day so Monday and Tuesday if you're you know the 50th to 53rd player on the team or even the 50th to the 60th player if you're on the practice squad you don't want your phone to ring on Monday morning because that could be the end of your career so it's a, it's a very tough time uh, I don't know any you know I won't say I don't know anyone I won't mention who I did but I don't know very few people who enjoy uh, Cutting, cutting someone. Whoa, whoa, you're not going to leave us on that. Someone you know that was in the business was a coach? Uh, no, no, he, he didn't mind cutting people. Right? I he say, liked it? Yeah, he liked it. I said, what's wrong with you? I won't oh, tell you. Oh, my gosh, that's, that's, that's awful. And they still ask you to bring in your playbook, don't they? I guess it's now well, it's now, computerized. Right, they ask you to bring in your iPad now. Yeah, right? bring in your iPad. Right. Yeah, uh, but you know it's funny. You watch hard knocks, and you know the cut downs. The coaches is hugging. It's him, tough. It's and, tough. And to watch uh, it. You know, visual hugging guys when he was cutting him. Don't hug me. You cut me. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Bob, we can't thank you enough. Uh, thanks to Gary Harrelson, our executive producer, Two Sport Town Podcast. Uh, where can you uh, find us? Oh, uh, Gary is handing me this. St. Louis STL Today dot com uh, back backslash. Podcast and where, where are we on Gary? You can find us on Spotify or what? Where, where do you find us on Amazon? Tell Google me here. Play, Who's iTunes, that? Google Play, Google iTunes. Play, iTunes, and and uh, you can go through our archives. We've had so many great guests on. We we all we love having uh, Bob Wallace on. And I have to tell you, I realize there's not a million listeners to the podcast. I can't tell you if uh, if there's a future for Two Sport Town podcast or not. We're working on some things. Obviously, I'm I'm heading over to the uh, to the hockey rink. And uh, uh, I'll be part of the hockey podcast with Jeff Gordon at some time, you know, after I get the, get my feet wet and get a little acclimated. But, uh, Bob, you're, you you still think I'm a little crazy for doing this, don't yeah, you? Yeah, let me tell you, Jim, that I, I really enjoy doing uh, two, two sports podcasts. I, I must say it's been really, uh, I don't know why, you can't call it two-man because Ben Fred hardly ever shows up. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know what to But I, I will say... Uh, He's not getting paid for the show. Right, I guess what I, I won't say because I'm in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch uh, studios, but uh, those of us that are football fans in St. Louis are going to miss the coverage that you brought to the NFL and to the Rams for all these years. Uh, and I hope that we don't lose that, and I hope that you keep your fingers in that. Uh, but Blues fans, you're lucky. Jim Thomas is a true professional, uh, and he's going to give great coverage to the, to the hockey in, in the city. So. Congratulations to you, Jim. I'm sure you wouldn't have done it unless you wanted to. So, uh, as you told me before, your family's very happy, and your kids now think you know you're, you're covering something that's important again. So, yeah. uh, but uh, good luck to you and, and, and the Blues and hockey. I hope you enjoy enjoy that as much as you enjoyed football. And I know that uh, 
the readers of the St. Louis uh, Post-Dispatch will appreciate your coming. That's Bob Wallace. I'm Jim Thomas. Uh, so long from Two Sport Town. <laughs>